I'm Josh Capon. You're listening to Beyond the Plate with the one and only Cappy. Hey everyone, this is Cappy and you're listening to Just the Plate, a production of Beyond the Plate. Just the Plate is a short segment where chefs describe a dish or a recipe that is meaningful to them. Last week, you heard from Chef Josh Capon. Josh is the executive chef and partner of Mercer Street Hospitality. These are the folks behind downtown NYC's favorite restaurants, such as Lure Fish Bar, which is also in Miami, B&B Wine Pub, El Toro Blanco, and Bowery Meat Company. Josh has appeared on numerous television shows. He's worked for some of the greatest chefs in New York City, and he also worked throughout France, Italy, Germany, and Spain. He has a concept at City Field, where the Mets play, that he opened in 2017 called Bash Burger. And this is based on his Bash Style Burger, which won him the trophy six times at Rachel Ray's Burger Bash event at the New York City Wine and Food Festival and South Beach Wine and Food Festival. He's an extremely giving, uh, generous, charitable, those are all kind of the same in a way, person. He talks in the last episode about work he does with wellness in the schools, but his charity work, I know, goes way beyond that. So if you missed last week's episode with Josh, please be sure to check that out. But for now, Josh is going to talk about a dish he calls Kademka chicken. This is a fun one. This is a dish Josh grew up eating that his mom cooked. His mom happened to be at his restaurant when him and I were doing this recipe read, so we brought her in towards the end to kind of hear some more history behind the history. But Josh talked about this dish in the last episode, so I thought it would only be right for him to discuss this dish, which is essentially a braised chicken dish, which I don't know about you, but I could always use another braised recipe because they're so homey and comforting and delicious, usually done right. And he's going to tell you how to do it right. He gives some great tips along the way. And as he said, he didn't realize that when he was a kid, his mom was using so many techniques that he would later learn in culinary school. Anyway, I'm going to stop talking. This is Just the Plate. And three, two, one. How you doing, everybody? My name is Josh Capon. I'm the executive chef and partner at Bowery Meat Company, Lore Fish Bar, Burger and Barrow, and El Toro Blanco. I am a father of two wonderful children, and I have a lovely wife as well. I currently reside in New Jersey. I just moved out of the city into a nice house. And I'm going to share one of, my, one of my mother's classic recipes that I can vividly remember her cooking in the kitchen as a kid. Uh, she used to call it Kedempta Chicken. I still have no idea why she called it Kedempta Chicken, and I'm not even sure exactly how to spell Kedempta. But it's something that, that I, again, like I just remember walking into the kitchen. She would have one of those old-fashioned electric frying pans that she used to plug into the wall, which are kind of cool because they got hot enough, but you didn't have to worry about burning anything. Uh, she would always season the chicken. One thing, was, you know, it's funny because as I think back on this recipe, now that I'm a chef, so to speak, and I went to culinary school, it was all the basic cooking techniques in one, um, always seasoning the chicken uh, properly. Sometimes she would dredge it in flour after seasoning with salt and pepper, and sometimes she wouldn't. That's optional. But you always, you always brown the chicken first. So she would get that electric skillet really nice and hot, a decent amount of olive oil in there just to brown all the chicken parts. Then she would remove those chicken parts, and she would throw in some chopped onions, some chopped peppers, uh, celery, uh, onions, carrots, all, all the classic mirepoix or the holy trinity, as you want to call it, um, some smashed garlic cloves. And she would brown all those vegetables really nicely. 
then she would hit it with some either canned tomato product. I remember if it was in the summertime, she would use some fresh tomatoes, maybe a little bit of tomato paste every now and then. And you want to roast that tomato product so it starts to break down all over the vegetables and gets a really nice caramelization. And then she would deglaze. I mean, I didn't know it was deglazing back then, but she would hit it with a little bit of red wine. Uh, by doing so, you get all those little bits of flavor off the pan um, and back into the sauce where they belong. Uh, at that point, you want to check your seasoning. I remember a few dried bay leaves going in there, maybe a little sprinkle of dry, dried oregano, season it with salt and pepper. Whether it was stock or water, you do want to add a little bit of moisture in there because during the cooking process, that will evaporate. And then I remember her nestling those brown chicken pieces right back into all those vegetables. So you have the, the tomatoes and the onions and the carrots and the celery um, cooking nicely, simmering away, and you nestle your brown chicken pieces back in there. I remember a handful of green olives going in there, which was, which was a flavor I think I've come to enjoy, thanks to my mom. But green olives, if you want, you can put some capers in there. And then, and then you cover it, and, and you put it on a low simmer, and, and you're braising. So you're braising it almost like a coco van. And as, as it starts to reduce and thicken up a little bit, those chicken parts are going to cook very nicely. I would say anywhere from 20 to 25 minutes. Then you can check on it. Uh, dark meat obviously takes a little bit longer to cook than the white meat, but everything should be cooked just about the same time. Cut your chicken up into eights or six, wherever you prefer it. And then, and then you just had, we had a delicious dinner. I remember her serving it over rice. I, I remember serving it over crushed potato. Um, at the end, if you want, you could always fold in some fresh herbs, whether it's fresh basil or oregano or thyme. Always remember to put your fresh herbs in at the end so they're really nice and vibrant. And I just remember this was one of those classic Friday night dinners. I grew up in a Jewish, Jewish household, so this was a nice Shabbos dinner where it was kind of cooking and simmering all day. And then it was ready to go. It was always nice because one thing I've learned from my mom is there is nothing better than a one-pot meal, especially when it kind of comes to cleaning up. Do you serve it right out of the pot? She would take it from the electric skillet and put it in a nice platter for us. Um, but the gravy, it was almost like, you know, that, that great Italian Sunday gravy. Yeah. Like, about just anything. And it was delicious. And, you know, you could pull the chicken off the bone. Or you could shred it or you can just eat it the way you want. Do you make this for your kids right now? I, th I think I make a version of this uh, many different ways. I mean, whether sometimes I also like to fold in rice while it's cooking and you can turn it into an arroz con pollo, which is one of my favorite things. My daughter loves that as well. Uh, I am not afraid to throw in a little bit of crumbled sausage while that chicken is browning too for a little bit of flavor. And if you want to get a little crazy, you can throw in some shrimp and some clams and call it, call it a paella. Now we're talking. Are you using bone-in chicken pieces? I always like bone in on my chicken. I, th I think it's, it just should get a lot more flavor, and I like to pick it up and eat it. But there'll be absolutely nothing wrong with browning some chicken breasts. If you want to do boneless, you could do, you know, those the op options are endless. And does your mom still have that plug-in electric skillet that she used? No, but funny enough, I recently did a, uh, I recently did an event with J.C. Penny, and I remember the, they said, hey, why don't you pick up a piece of equipment? And I remember taking the electric skillet. <laughs> <laughs> just for nostalgic purposes and every now and then I use it and you know what it's, it's, a, it's a fun it's a good piece of machinery to use easy clean up and my daughter can cook it as well and I don't have to worry about her cooking over an open flame and burning her arm I love it did you say mom was at the restaurant right now she is does she want to talk does she want to talk yeah you want mom to talk yeah I want I want to hear about Kadamka chicken and why she started making it now, hold on I'm going to get her hold up hold up <laughs> 
So, yeah. Mom, here we are. We're on the phone with a dear friend of mine by the name of Andrew Kaplan. Say Hi, hello. Andrew Kaplan. Hi, Mom. This is my mom, and we, we were just talking about cooking and recipes and things that you, know, you remember as a child. And I said, I always remember coming home and, and you cooking your classic condemned chicken in the electric skillet. And mm-hmm. I said how at a young age, before I was a chef, before I went to culinary school, you really taught me all the basic foundations of cooking in terms of browning the chicken and then roasting the mirepoix and the vegetables and deglazing with the wine mm-hmm. and then the low simmering process. And Andrew said, we don't even know how to spell condemned. I don't either. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, I, Mom, how long had you been making the dish for? I actually don't make it that much anymore, but I've been making it, I think, my whole my whole life. I'm not telling you how long because that would give away my age. Okay, okay, fine. I, I actually, you're going to ask me where I, where I started it, how I found it. How did you know I was going to ask you that? I just had this sense. <laughs> uh... I actually read a recipe in a in a uh, a cookbook for a kind of Mediterranean chicken. Huh. It's tomatoes. Did it, did it come from your mom and your homeland? And well, in- what I did was I combined my my mother's cooking style with that recipe, and then kind of threw in whatever I had in the house, and it worked. I don't think yeah. it was ever the same twice. No, it was never the same twice. It depended upon the ingredients that we had in the house, but it always was a little red. Got it. And you taught it to Josh, and now Josh teaches it to his children. I yeah. hope so. I hope so. I'm going to make it in my house. Try it with a little uh, peanut butter. Isn't bad either. Really? Add a little peanut butter <laughs> with a tomato sauce. It gives it a little bit of an Indian kind of flavor. I like that. That's the first I heard of that, Cappy. I never did those. Now I know that. Well, I don't know if I did it when you were growing up. It's It's almost like a panay, like adventurous this year. It's a recent thing. Yeah, kind of curry, kind of curryish. Yes, like panang, panang curryish. The peanut butter. Uh huh. My mom's actually Indian. You can't see her right now. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, Indian from Russia, Poland. Perfect. Perfect. Well, thank you all for your time. I appreciate it. This sounds delicious, and I can't wait to make it myself, to tell you the truth. Great. Nice talking to you. You too. Find more on Josh Capon at joshcapon.com. This episode was produced by myself, along with Ian Cohen and Joel Yeaton. You can find me and keep up to date with this podcast across all social media platforms at On Cappy's Plate or go to beyondtheplatepodcast.com. Please rate, review, and or subscribe to this podcast on your listening site of choice. Thank you for listening to Just the Plate, a production of Beyond the Plate. I'm Cappy.